You're listening to the Collab Talk podcast, episode 13 of the MVP Buzz Chat series. In this episode, I'm talking with Office Apps and Services MVP Mikhail Svensson. Hey, this is Christian Buckley with Collab Talk, and I'm talking today with fellow Office Servers and Services MVP, Mikhail. Hey, good morning or good afternoon. Yeah, good afternoon or good morning to you, right? That's yeah. all these time zones. I guess we, we travel around and we, we don't care, right? All right. It, it, you know, it's all the same to us. We don't yeah, sleep. Yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, well, why don't you introduce uh, yourself? Yeah. Give us a, sure. some of your background. Sure. So my name is Mikael Svensson. I'm a CTO at Puzzlepart, a consulting company here in Oslo, Norway. And we do SharePoint Office 365. Basically, that's it. So we're around 30 people and we, well, do everything as long as it's fun. That, right. And, and I would say that, so Mikhail's one of the people that, uh, you know, as you go to SharePoint Saturdays, like what, you know, around um, Europe, I mean, you're, so you have attended a number well, of I- well, actually, I don't. So oh, I think really? pe- yeah, people might think I travel a lot, but I tend to do like a couple of shows on Saturdays and then two other conferences and maybe travel four times a year. <laughs> well, see, I, see, I'm looking yeah. back over, you know, having been in the space for now almost a decade and yeah. looking at, you know, at the span of events that I attend. All right. Um, and then you, t- you tend to see, see the same people over and over again anyway. So that's right. it's all, all a big happy family, right? And I'm sure it's the same with you, but I do tend to see some of the people that, well, you know, I talk online a lot with, I, I see people that usually live locally to me uh, a lot yeah. more frequently out at events than I do. In, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's basically the same here. <laughs> well, that, well, that's so, the way it is. Well, what's your, so, you know, I, for, for a lot of people that are, you know, somewhat familiar with the office servers and services MVPs and in the space, I mean, it's pretty broad now where they've rolled up multiple technologies where it used to be a SharePoint MVP. Right. And then it was this Office 365 MVP that they tried to move some folks over to. And now it's under this larger banner, which includes yeah. Exchange and Yammer and Teams and a bunch of other technologies. Yeah. You know, what? so yeah. I mean, what's, what has you, you know, most well, excited? Well, I guess most people probably know me for search because that's what I did in the beginning. That's how I got sort of got known in the SharePoint community doing search. I wrote a couple of books. Uh, but I guess for the last four or five, six years, I haven't done that much search at all. And, uh, well, I actually had a discussion with a client today just for fun, and they were asking about search. So we're not going to talk about search today because I, I sort of don't do search, but still, is, right. Is that, is that because search has been solved and just Delve does it now? <laughs> so I had a, so I looked back, so I had a post in April two years ago where I say I still believe in search. And I figured, well, maybe it's time to do, well, I'm not so sure I believe in enterprise search and SharePoint anymore. I mean, no, nothing happens. We, we can't really do what we want to do. So I tried to, I guess I tried to stay away from it because it, it's hard uh, with all the modern search and few places where you can actually tune stuff. Yeah, there's, I, I guess there's more of an opportunity to go in and do that tuning and stuff if you have specific like records management or knowledge management deployments and you have very specific, uh, 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 you know, uh, 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 workflows, processes that you're trying yeah. to adhere to, yeah. but for most organizations, I mean, is it true that it's just kind of what's out there out of the box is good enough or just um, that you're frustrated with the inability for the product to automate things that it should automate? And 
I mean, they, they try to be smarter and smarter and smarter, but I'm not so sure. Basically, I mean, it's all focused around you as a person, but that might not uh, capture the full intent. So uh, we actually did a couple of tests. Uh, well, so I'm working a lot with groups these days and also looking into hub sites. So we tested on a tenant which is not first release. Uh, so if you searched for a news article, just, just in a communications site, mm -hmm. no, no hits at all. If you went over to, to Dell, you could find the article. Or if you went to the classic search. So there was apparently a bug. And then I tested in my target release tenant. And then apparently they fixed that bug. So, so, so the article actually show, uh, shows up. And then, of course, you're using hub sites. You can actually aggregate stuff up. And that's an uh, ask we see a lot. I mean, you're on one site, but you don't really, well, you want to search more content. You don't only want uh, results from that site, even though it says search in this site in the box. People are used to getting more results, and it's hard. Like, how do you go from local to global searches and back and forth? Right, and it's well. The other thing that is frustrating is uh, uh, you know that the where you expect to have uh, some of the machine learning uh, you know mm -hmm. kick in. I have a number of experiences where it's going and giving me these default and it's serving up surfacing content. It's like, look, that has nothing to do with what I need and what I'm looking for. When are you going to learn? I always go back to the same places. It's still yeah. not picking up on that. Yeah, I mean, you have you have some sites which are authoritative, and then well, maybe search don't think they're authoritative, right? So because someone might be using some other site. So I think there's always room for tuning search, depending on the organization and the content structure and et cetera, et cetera. But uh, I try to stay away from it because it's so hard. You, you have, because you can't really, well, when we were on-prem, we could at least say, well, this search box goes to this search center, and then you had full control. Right. And now you have so many search boxes, so many search experiences. I mean, do you start from office.com, sharepoint.home? I mean, where, where, where do you start? You have no control where your users actually search from, so you have no control over what's being served up. And apparently you have no control over the topic that you want to cover because we went right to search <laughs> that we were like working on. Well, so, so what are you excited yeah. about? What, I mean, what, you, you've mentioned groups, you've, yeah. you've talked about some of the new stuff, but where, where are you really focusing these days? Yeah, so I've uh, been doing a lot on uh, provisioning with groups, uh, meaning turning off the out-of-the-box self-service and providing a new self-service for groups with more control, basically. So we can have different types of groups. It might be internal collaboration rooms, but some might be typed more to projects. And projects might have more metadata. They have a definitive end date, or at least if the project is on time. And then that should go into the life cycle process. I mean, when the project is done, move out, uh, so we try to like move out the, the documents which are still good to somewhere else and then delete the group. So try to do more on the cleaning up and deletion of stale content basically. Well, that's been a, I mean, that's a really important area because it's been a point of confusion for organizations that think that, well, hey, I created a group. We were told by Microsoft, we have all these pieces, but depending on where the group is created through which workload, what you get with that. So, I mean, there are options, there are controls there, and an organization, as you point out, may want to have it very uh, uh, scripted, you know, a very, very specific process that depending on your permissions, depending on where you're coming from, but we want to make sure these standards are being met, this metadata is being applied. And typically, uh, yeah, and I want client they want. So if you have, uh, or if external members are in the group or people uh, have shared a site with external people, they want the branding to be a red one, a red logo. If it's internal, then it's green. So they want visual clues to different settings as well. And 
well, if you create a group out of the box, you will get purple or blue or green or red or all these different funky colors, right? So we want to set the default logo, set some colors, and just add some more, uh, more settings to it. Also for public groups, one of the main issues is that everyone is basically a contributor. That means on the documents, everyone can go and edit a document. So typically, well, we everyone becomes visitors. We enforce that. So I have a job making sure, well, if it gets moved up to members, we move it back down. Everyone should always be visitors. You need to be explicit members if you are to edit the document. It's been so interesting like to, to understand some of the licensing differences. Um, had I was at the Collab Summit out in uh, mm. uh, Branson, Missouri, talking yeah. with the customer uh, about their F1 licenses. And it's just like, right. I'm not a licensing guy, and I don't know mm all of the differences between the various SKUs, but these are the frontline workers, like right. kiosk employees that mm. might be at a storefront and really just need to log in, see information, mm. edit some fields. Um, it's, it's not the same kind of information worker sitting at a desktop all, all day long. No. Um, and knowing some of those differences, and what you're talking about is being able to go and put in those kinds of controls yeah, and today I guess a lot of those controls are associated with Azure Active Directory premium licenses, which might for some people be a heavy burden if you are to put put that license on there. <clears throat> well, but <clears throat> the fun part is uh, if you do your own naming schema, right, you have your own logic making sure the names are correct, well, then you don't need Azure premium. But if you want to use lifecycle policy, expiration policy, which is now in preview, then you need Azure AD Premium again, so, right. but I guess it makes a lot of sense. You want more control, more governance, you have, you have to pay for it. I mean, the Microsoft needs their money from somewhere, right? Right, and I, it, yeah. you know, that's a difficult thing too, to go in and do something that is that a la carte model with yeah. know, complexity behind it. But I mean, that just comes up more and more and more where people get sold on. It's, I guess that's the danger of going and selling people on this future vision and you automatically have to ask, okay, what SKUs are being used here? I saw this wonderful demo at this event, this conference. Microsoft sold me, but then what do I actually have today? Right. What do I need to go and get? Yeah, and uh, that's something I've seen at least for the last couple of years, uh, doing more online and doing more of these small or niche settings you have that that you need to you need to know the SKUs. You need to know the licensing. You you can't just be a developer or some consultant. I mean, you need to cover pretty broad set of features. Well, that you know that's and it's been even prior to the cloud. I mean, that was a problem yeah. with the, with the servers versions of yeah. this. That again, Microsoft would go and they would highlight like every single add-on and show this mm. continuum of capabilities. But at least you only had two steps. You had like standard and enterprise, right? Right, but a lot, but a lot of the feature were enterprise without people actually knowing. And then, well, why doesn't this work? Well, you right. only have standard. Right. Well, it's it, it seems to me, and not being a, a dev and looking at, I'm not following up anymore on everything that's happening around this this area. But it does seem to be well. Two things that Microsoft's trying to do is um, one, give the ability for partners and for customers to be able to go and do the level of customization that you're doing. Um, but two, that it is but they're doing it in a way that can be supported as that centralized you know, platform or service that right. is yeah. under Office 365, which, is, so, which, which means that uh, unlike the old days of on-premises where you'd have to basically go and customize and you're creating your own flavor of SharePoint, for example, mm -hmm. to get it to do what you need to do. And the next time there's the next version, it's a, it's a completely different product and do right. that movement. But but I guess where we did a lot of heavy development before, so we still do a lot of development with Shepard Framework to do small customization for intranets or collaboration devices to, 
well, just small widgets showing information. So we, I think we still do, well, probably more development now than we did uh, before we did online, but we do a huge amount of more adoption work. That's, so we didn't used to have an adoption department, and now I think we're like five or six people doing just usage adoption, holding courses, just teaching people how to use out of the box and all the different products. Well, there's uh, also, you know, there's a lot of interest around the whole, you know, the business app creation mm -hmm. aspect of it to extend that. And so it's, mm -hmm. again, things leveraging, you know, the, the, the SharePoint framework, doing things that are within a supported, uh, uh, you know, development cycle so that, um, you know, you're not going to go in and, and break, you know, the, the, the platform. Um, but, I mean, are you doing a lot of that kind of going in and creating custom business applications as well? Well, not not so much applications it's more smaller widgets than <clears throat> applications so we have uh, i've done a couple of applications for a client recently a sort of an rs special archiving solution uh, tied up the groups i mean when you, you could highlight a document and then you could say well archive and then it sends that off to the archiving system which is required by law in norway so that goes i think it goes through azure and then it goes back on-prem to the archiving system so that's actually a, well i guess a full full application sort of which is sort of bootstrapped inside of uh, sharepoint just to to work with the documents so Yes, I do a lot of development. I mean, I think I work like all over the place. I do architecture development. Everything is fun. So it's hard. Well, I mean, but there was a lot of conversations. There was a lot of fear over the last, you know, three, four years. Like, hey, are a lot of these kinds of roles, these kinds of jobs, like going away? But it I don't think like so. Everybody no. I talk to, and I know yeah. like a lot of MVPs that I interact with, but are saying it's like I'm busier now than ever before. It's there's yeah. a lot going on. Yeah, so it's, I guess people who used to do a lot of uh, server-side development and haven't done the migration over to JavaScript and TypeScript, if, if they can't make that, that uh, transition and learn the new tool chain, of course, it's going to be hard. But I guess at least me and all my colleagues, we love to learn new stuff. So we're just, we're just moving ahead on the train. We're just following the train. Right. I, I mean, the case with, with most people that are you know, yeah. devs and IT pros, I mean, they, yeah. they're passionate about the technology. That's how they got into it in the first place. Yeah, it's it's more about solving end user problems or making end users uh, more efficient. In my well, that's what I think is fun. I mean, I, I guess when I was younger, like 20 years ago or maybe 15 years ago, I'd like just coding. If a customer asked, "Well, can I do this?" Of course, I can do this. Now I'm more like, "Well, why do you want to do it?" Because right. I really don't want to code. Because every line of code I write, that's more bugs, right? I right. I don't want a customer calling me in a week or a month saying this doesn't work anymore. Right. So. Yeah, try to scope it down, but it's uh, all about making them more efficient. And then more and more stuff is out of the box. So, yeah, and it's, uh, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, you can have the most beautifully architected solution for your customer. <laughs> and, uh, and if it's, if they're not using it, then, you yeah. know, you, you've not won. You may have gotten paid for that last project, but, right. Yeah, and I, and I guess I still hear people, at least on prem, they have like deadlines for projects, but we don't really have deadlines anymore because we do so small chunks of work. So maybe like one sprint, a couple of weeks, we do something, we deliver it, and then roll it out, and then we do something else, and we just figure out new stuff to do. So it's it's not like big projects; we just continuous deployment and delivery, and then well, takes less overtime, less deadlines, less pressure, more more functionality for the customer, I guess. Okay. Well, Mikhail, I really appreciate your time uh, this afternoon. And uh, how can people, if they want to find out more about you, your company, how can they get in touch with you? So they can uh, look at my blog, techmikhail.com uh, or mikhail.com. Uh, or just, <laughs> you can, well, do my name in Google, like Mikhail Sensel and SharePoint. You probably can find my contact information anywhere. I'm, I'm not hard to find.
Or you can go to puzzlepart.com and you can find information about what we do as well. We'll definitely share some links out there. But uh, thanks yeah. a lot for your time today. And we'll, uh, I'm not sure when the next time I'm going to see you, you're, you're not coming over to the North American conference, are you? No, or what I tend to call the Sherpa conference for North Americans, right? Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> yeah, won't be making you over to Maine's for that event yeah. either. Uh, no, me neither. Me neither. So oh, maybe, okay. maybe at Ignite, who knows? Yeah, we'll definitely yeah. end the Ignite. So anyway, yeah. it's great talking to you. Yeah, good talking to you as well. Wow.